0: Hey everyone, it's Keston and greetings from the 806. Normally, this is the time of year when Lubbock begins to empty out, the school year winds down, and everyone on campus heads back to his or her hometown. Except this year is a little different. Like every campus across the country and throughout most of the world, COVID-19 kept everyone from returning to their campuses after spring break. This pandemic put the entire earth on panic with so much uncertainty about well, almost everything. After nearly two months of some pretty serious isolation, it appears that at least some of the tightening related to securing in place or staying at home has loosened a little with hopes of taking a staggered approach toward getting to the new norm, whatever that is. I have to say that having an amazing savior in Jesus and being able to seek him out in his word has been such a source of strength, encouragement, and hope during this time. Jeremiah 15 16 reads, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Over the course of this past school year, so many students at Tech read through the entire New Testament. That's 260 chapters and more than 7,900 verses found and eaten, resulting in a joy and a rejoicing that defied the not-what-you-expected grade on exam or the less-than-helpful professor, maybe even the what-planet-is-my-roommate-even-from dilemma. Even in the face of an unprecedented pandemic, so many have found joy and have been rejoicing in their hearts as they've taken in God's Word. Now with so many unknowns still ahead, I'm thankful God's word is so readily available for us today. If you don't already know, cat launched a historic summer reading challenge this morning. That's quite a mouthful, but I do love that name, historic summer. Not only are we at the heels of a historic pandemic, but we'll also begin reading through some of the books in the Old Testament that cover Israel and their history. It begins today in the book of Joshua continues through 2 Samuel. I can't think of a better way to find my happy place and hold on to it while we all deal with the growing pains of figuring out what to do next and how to get back to business as usual or if that's even possible. The Old Testament may be newer to some so I'd like to spend just a few minutes uh, to give you a broad overview of this book. Joshua positionally is the sixth book in the Old Testament and it immediately follows the five books of Moses Genesis through Deuteronomy. After these five books of Moses, a lot of times referred to as the books of the law, Joshua begins with the first of a dozen books on Israel's history. As the book begins, after Moses dies, the Lord spoke to Joshua, commissioning him to complete the job that Moses was unable to finish, which was to cross over the Jordan River and lead his people to the land the Lord promised to give them. Now imagine faithfully and successfully leading two million or so people somewhere. I know that some of the Bible studies that we used to have on campus, we would all have this great idea to run to Bahama Bucks or somewhere here in Lubbock, and uh, there'd be 25 or 30 of us and inevitably half of us would get lost. But to lead two million or so people to a land that, you know, they didn't have GPS. I mean, this must have been a huge responsibility. Uh, It involved taking on battles with so many nations and enemies. But God's pep talk to Joshua early on in the very first chapter of this book. He tells Joshua that he'll be with him and that he won't fail him and for Joshua to be strong and courageous. Certainly this had to be the catalyst and source of encouragement to Joshua that he needed to take on this mountainous task. Now along Joshua's journey I'd like you to catch a handful of themes Firstly, I'd like you to see that God fights for his people. In fact, God prefers to do the fighting. We'll see this time and time again, beginning with Jericho and continuing with many other nations. Also, pay attention to God's mercy on those who cooperate with his plan. Rahab is a perfect example. She was a harlot who sold herself to sin, socially uncool by any generation. But, by her cooperation and helping God with accomplishing His plan, she became a member of the chosen people of God. Check out the cred she gets in the genealogy of Christ in the Gospel of Matthew. Third, I'd like you to take note that God deals with those who sin against Him. Take Achan. Oh man, Achan. This dude was an Israelite. He was on the inside, part of the fam, if you will. But He took something from Jericho that was kind of marked out or devoted to destruction. He took it, he buried it under his tent where his family lived. This resulted in God withdrawing from the children of Israel and a failed first attempt on defeating A.I. In fact, several dozen of God's chosen people were slaughtered in that effort. To his end, Achan paid the ultimate price with his life, having been stoned and burned along with all he had. And the fourth theme, I'd like you to really treasure this one, God keeps his promises. Specifically, to give the children of Israel the good land. In fact, this is the book's most vital and essential point. Back in Genesis 15, 18, it says, The Lord made a covenant, or a promise, with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given this land. God's promise from back in Genesis was being realized more than 400 years later now. I'm so thankful that God doesn't retreat from His promises. In fact, His heart for His people was that this land that He prepared, full of so many resources and riches, wouldn't just be visited or taken ownership of from a legal standpoint. Rather He wanted them to fully possess it, portion it out, and then ultimately enjoy all its riches. I doubt you're tuning in for a history lesson, so let's talk about what all this means to us today. What if I told you that the good land was a shadow or a type, prefigure, of Christ himself for us? In Ephesians 3.8, Paul does his best to describe how vast Christ and his riches are, yet this highly educated man can only come up with the words, unsearchable riches, relating to Christ. Read Deuteronomy 8, primarily, verses 7 through 10, and you'll see a description of the riches of the good land. Paul later shares with us in Colossians 1.12 that we've all been qualified by God for a share of the allotted portion. Chapters 18 and 19 in Joshua detail how the good land, with all its riches, should be portioned out or allotted to God's people. Just like the days of Joshua, God, the giver, has done everything. But there is still a need for someone to do something to take possession of what God has given, which is His Son. Today, Christ is the reality of the good land, is ready to be taken, ready to be possessed, and enjoyed by all His believers. But who's answering this call? Dialing back, I had to ask myself are my unbelieving friends and family members even willing to cross the Jordan and begin the battle, the real war- warfare? How about me? Am I happy with where I am in my walk with Christ? How much of Christ, as my allotted share of the good land, have I actually deeply taken possession of? How much of the riches of this land, Christ, am I enjoying? Confessedly, I recognize that there's so much more. You know, oftentimes I catch myself trying to be a proper Christian. I tell myself that I'll fight through this or I'll fight through that And oftentimes, it just leads to failure. And then I'm reminded that in the days of Joshua, God did the fighting. When they prevailed, God did the fighting. When they failed, they did the fighting. They only needed to believe in God and to trust God and His promise. Remember, His promise is for all the descendants. That includes us today. I'd like to end on this. Before Joshua dies, he gives one of the greatest challenges that lasts for all generations, including our own. He says in Joshua 24, 15, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So here's your challenge. Be wildly intentional over this summer with your pursuit of Christ. Read his word, take deeper possession of him Enjoy all he has for you. Thank you.